Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is today's message. All right, welcome to Feed, a series about steps. And our goal here at Believers Church is, is to bring people to a place to where they connect with God. As a matter of fact, we exist to see a city connected with God. And that city represents the people you love. Think of who you love the most, who you care about the most. Our goal is to connect them here in this community with God. It has to do with your neighbors, your friends, your work acquaintances, and everybody else. We exist to see a city connected with God. And our goal here at Believers is to take skeptics and turn them into spectators. A skeptic of God is someone that doesn't want anything to do with God. Our goal is to turn them into a spectator. A spectator is someone that says, let me check God out. Let me just see what God's all about. Our goal is to take spectators and turn them into fans. That's where it's like, yeah, God, you're cool. I like you. I, I, I'm positive with you. And our goal is to take fans and turn them into friends. And a friend of God is someone that's made a connection, and it's someone that's getting to know God. And then our goal is to take fans and turn them into followers. And a follower of God is someone that says, you know what, God, I love you so much, I, I'm going to make your kingdom more important than anything on this planet. I'm willing to take up my cross, and I'm willing to follow you. You're the most important thing in all the universe to me. And we have a goal to turn every Christian into this thing called a follower, because that's the heart of God. That's what Jesus wants to do. And there's nothing at all like being a follower of Christ. So that's what we're here to do. This series, Feet, the series about steps, it's designed to take people to that ultimate place with God. And the ultimate place with God, another way of saying it, is for you and I to have a first-hand relationship with God. Think about it, a first-hand relationship with God, as opposed to a second-hand relationship. What's a second-hand relationship with God? Hearing about God from Pastor Joe, but never experiencing God. Uh, hearing about God from other people, hearsay about God, that's a second-hand relationship as opposed to a first-hand relationship. Um, when I was little, my dad smoked. He was a three-pack-a-day smoker, and back then you smoked everywhere. There were no off zones, and you, of course, smoked in your house, and my dad was always smoking in the house, and then back then, relatives always visited each other. We, we're too busy today to do that, but on any given Friday or Saturday night, we, we could have uh, five or six uh, smokers in our house. The relatives would come over. We'd all sit around the table, and I remember when I was four and five and six, all the way through, I'd be sitting there. We'd be playing cards, eating, telling stories, having fun, and there were five or six people smoking, so I'm experiencing secondhand smoke, and they're all experiencing firsthand smoke, and I remember when I got older, like nine, ten, I told my dad, can can I smoke? You know, and he, he said, no, no. He goes, this is a cancer stick, son. You don't want to touch these cancer sticks. This was the biggest mistake I ever made in my life, son. Don't touch them. And all my relatives are telling me the same thing, but I'm thinking, the secondhand smoke isn't bad. I'd, I'd, like, to, I'd like to try the firsthand. So I, I was, I don't know, nine or ten, and I stole a cigarette out of my dad's pack and got some matches. And I, I go to the backyard to take the garbage out. It's night. It's dark. And the garbage cans were behind a shed, which blocked you from the windows of the house. And I put the garbage away, and then I take that cigarette, and I lit it, first time ever, and I inhaled firsthand for the first time, and I was absolutely 
terrified. I mean, it, it felt like my throat was burning, and then my lungs felt like they were on fire. It was the most awful feeling. Uh, I had people tell me it was bad, but I didn't realize how bad it was. And, and then my head became dizzy, and I almost fell over. Here's 10 years old, first time. And I'm not advocating smoking. What I'm trying to say is I sat there watching it, but then I understood it. And with God, he wants to bring us to a place to where we have that first-hand relationship with him. I love what this scripture says. This is 1 Corinthians, guys. Let, let's read it. It's chapter 1, verse 9. It says, God who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, he's faithful. That's a whole sermon in itself. God's faithful. But take a look at the first part. You have been called into fellowship with the creator of the universe. The word called means that's, that's one of God's number one goals is to hook you up into fellowship with, with Jesus himself. The word fellowship just means an intimate, close friendship. And I think of what my wife and I have. You know, I think of the times when we just, whether we're sitting, we're driving, we just talk, you know, uh, we get to know each other. She shares her heart, I share my heart. And over 30 years plus, every year I love her more and every year I know her better. And it's absolutely amazing that I have this relationship with her. And God's telling us, get a hold of this, we can have that same relationship with God. And you might be sitting here saying, I can't even understand the Bible. What are you talking about? Plus, God's invisible, and I understand all that. Think about the book of Genesis. God creates Adam and Eve, and he makes this incredible garden. And the Bible teaches us uh, that at night, God would come down. And most scholars assume it was Jesus, God the Son. And in the cool of the night, he'd walk with Adam and Eve. So think about that. They can see him with these eyes. They can hear him with these ears. And they're walking and they're talking and they're getting to know God. He's getting to know them. That's what it means to have a first-hand relationship with God. But for you and I, we do it by faith. We don't do it with these ear eyes and these ears. We do it by this thing called faith, but it's just as real. And in order to do it, we have to take steps. It's all about steps. And these little steps that sometimes we think are so insignificant, they bring us to this incredible place of a firsthand relationship with God. My freshman year of high school was very special to me. Uh, I was graduating eighth grade. My dad didn't allow me to play Pop Warner football or anything like that. Uh, but finally, I talked him into it when I was going into ninth grade. He said I could play organized football. And I was so excited. So coming out of eighth grade, and I went to the June summer practices, and I was so excited. I couldn't wait to play football. And I found out after, you know, the first night, there wasn't even a football there. And uh, I was ready to play football. And all we did was work out in the weight room, run around the track, run sprints on the field. And, and after a couple days, I thought, this isn't what I signed up for. I signed up to play football. Man, I, I want to play, play football. And, and then we went into two-a-days. We called them our summer August practices and got there at 8 in the morning, left about 6 p.m. at night and had about noon to 1.30 where we ate and went over playbooks. But that, that wasn't football. We didn't do any football. Uh, I, I was playing linebacker, and I had to learn all these linebacker things. Like, you know, if the guard comes at you or tackle low, you got to push their head this way or that way. So we're practicing this way and that way. And then if they're up high, you hit them with a forearm and try to knock them back. But then they had us doing these drills, the sideway drill. you got to go sideways. And i got to be careful at this stage of my life. And it, we, we did it through tires. Can you imagine doing that through tires? And I'm just thinking, this is a pain. This is no fun. 
And all I want to do is play football. I signed up to play football, and we're doing all these things and all these things. Finally, we get to do some plays, and we're running some plays, but it's not the game, and I'm discouraged. But finally, school started, and finally game night came, and finally I got to play. And as I began to play the game, all those steps, all those steps that we took, they all made sense at that point. I realized why I had to learn to do this because I had to do that during the game, and I realized why I had to learn the forearm, and I had to learn to push this way and push that way. And thankfully, we won our first game. We were so excited about that. But at that point, I realized I could have never won that game if I didn't take all those steps. We could have never won that game. And Christianity is all about steps. As a matter of fact, I want to get this this point across to you today, that God works in steps, not leaps. And that's really important for us to understand. He works in steps, not leaps. And I think for Christians, sometimes we come into Christianity and, and, and we have these places that we want to end up. We, we want to end up having this first-hand relationship with God. Uh, we want to end up having peace in our heart, having joy. We, we want to end up overcoming this struggle and that struggle in our lives. And we have this mentality, I call it, one th- way to call it, I call it a lottery mentality. One day I'll hit it. You know, one day when I hit it, everything will change. And we're waiting for that day. The image that comes to my mind when I think about that is uh, when they take a rabbit and they use a body harness and they hang a carrot right in front of them. And uh, they do that to get them to run. And uh, that rabbit's running and he's thinking, someday I'll get this carrot. He doesn't see what we see. It's on his back. He'll never get closer than this. He can run as fast as he can. And it's going to be out there. And that's what I've noticed so many Christians do. Uh, they have that mentality that it's going to come someday. And it's good to have hope and, and, and believe and expect things to happen. But if you don't understand its steps, you'll be chasing that carrot your whole life. And you know what I want? I want to make sure you're not chasing a carrot. I want to make sure you understand this firsthand relationship with God is really simple. And God works in steps, not leaps. It's just that easy. And I love this because it, it takes this out of the hands of being something you have to go to school for. You don't have to have a doctorate degree in, in, um, in Bible. You don't have to have uh, a Bible school degree. Those things are good. Some people need them. But you know what? You can have a first-hand relationship with God and never had gone to Bible school. People that go to Bible school sometimes don't have a first-hand relationship with God because it's all about steps. And it's all about taking those steps. So any one of us in this room, if we learn the steps, man, we can grow to a place where we have this incredible first-hand relationship with God. Now, there's a, there, there's a chapter in the Bible. I would call it probably the most incredible chapter in all the Bible. I believe God put it there for every one of us in this room. He put it there for me so I can help you uh, grow to this place where you have a first-hand relationship with God. And it's 2 Peter chapter 1. It's an incredible Incredible book in the Bible. And I want to read verse 8 to you. And verse 8 goes like this. Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 8. It says, For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, when you first read this, can we all agree, it's not that exciting. It's one of those verses you just say, oh, I don't even know what that means. Just keep going. But it's really an incredible verse, and it's in an incredible chapter. Uh, do you see that phrase, these things? It's referring to things he said in, above the verse. This is verse 8. In verses 5, 6, and 7, 
he gave us seven steps. So he gives these seven steps, and then he, he closes out after giving the seven steps, and he says, guys, if these things are yours and abound, that means that if you keep taking them and keep taking them and you just keep working these principles, he goes on to say you'll neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's reverse it. He says you'll be active and you'll be really fruitful in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that sounds great, but in, in, in our Bibles in the uh, New Testament, there are different Greek words for the English word knowledge. And uh, one of the Greek words uh, is... Uh, an incredible word, and that's what's used here. It's the Greek word epinosis. And take a look at what this word means. It means uh, an exact or full knowledge or an experiential knowledge. So connect that into our verse, and here's what you've got, that if we take these steps, we'll come to a place to where we have an experiential knowledge of Jesus, or we could say a firsthand relationship. And this chapter is telling us the simple steps to take so we can have this incredible first-hand relationship. And I always smile when I, when I see things like this because to me, it just reminds me that the Bible's not hard, it's not complicated, it's really simple. And it's all about steps, not leaps. And we don't have to make these giant leaps, we just take these little steps. So let's take a look at the five steps. We'll go to verse five and it reads like this. For this very reason, Make every effort to add to your faith. And I want to stop there just for a moment. The word faith here isn't that substance that we use to connect to our prayers. You know, we have to believe we receive. It's not referring to that type of faith. It's referring to your faith in Christ or your Christianity. So really, there's eight steps if you want to have a first-hand relationship with God. The first step is accepting Christ as your Savior. So most of us in this room, we, we've taken step one. So now we're a Christian. What do we do? What do I do? I, I've accepted Christ. What can I do? Well, there's seven steps. Here they are. Add to your Christianity goodness and, and add to goodness knowledge and add to knowledge self-control and add to self-control perseverance and add to perseverance godliness and add to godliness brotherly kindness and, and add to brotherly kindness love. That's pretty cool. And they're just seven simple steps. Now, these steps are meant to be taken over and over again in our Christian walk. These steps enable us to come to a place to where we are absolutely grown spiritually. We're in this great relationship with God. No matter where you're at, people like me that have been in God a long time, we keep taking these steps. And the first four are interesting. They're really interesting. The first four steps make the Bible work in your life. They produce fruit or make the Bible work. If you take these first four steps and keep taking them with different parts of the Bible, um, the Bible will work. Your prayers will be answered. Uh, you'll overcome certain things in your life. And notice the second step is knowledge. So it's goodness, and then to goodness we add knowledge. Knowledge, there's another Greek word. It's the Greek word gnosis, and you know what it means? Simple Bible knowledge. It's your Bible. It's the scriptures. That's pretty cool. So epinosis is an experiential relationship with God, but in order to get there, it starts with the Bible. But notice there's an ingredient before the Bible. That, that's important. We'll have to talk about goodness uh, as we go. And, and then notice how these things are added to specific things. For instance, perseverance isn't added to knowledge. It's added to self-control. If you add it to knowledge, it won't work. And uh, brotherly kindness is, is added to godliness, it's not added to knowledge. 
And we're going to just show you how these things work in succession, and it will be pretty cool. The last three steps, they have to do with relationships. Godliness is our relationship with God. Brotherly kindness is our relationship with each other. And love is our relationship with the world. And you know, we need to keep taking those steps and working on all those relationships. And I love what it says in 1 John. We can't say we know God if we don't love our brothers. That's brotherly kindness. And all of these things bring us to a place to where all of a sudden we begin to have this experiential knowledge of God. But it's all taken in steps. And it's so simple. Now, years ago, when I graduated high school, my brother Tony and I, we, uh, we opened up a barbell club in Boardman. It was right across from the Southern Park Mall. We call it the Still Valley Barbell Club. We had different clients. We had average clients that just wanted to get in shape. Then we had specific clients, niche clients, and we had a lot of bodybuilders that were there. And I trained different bodybuilders. And I would tell these guys, here, you know, here's your program. I'd work with them. I'd be there to take them through their training. And I had some genetic freaks that I was training. What I mean by a genetic freak is they looked like they worked out without doing anything. But they want to come to this place to where they're in a contest. So they, they want to get to the highest level. They want to compete against other genetic freaks out there. And uh, so I give them a program. Guys, we've got to work two hours on our arms, two-hour workout. And, and, and some, of the, some of them would just complain. I don't want to do that. Can I skip that? Look at my arms. They look great already, you know. And I said, got to do a two-hour leg workout today. And they'd complain. Got to do a two-hour ab workout. We've got to chisel those abs. We've got to build that six-pack. No, I don't want to do it. And they'd complain. And I had guys to skip the steps. And I had this one guy. He didn't skip one step. Then I came to the diet time. And back then, what we did for diet so that they can lean out, you could see through their skin, and you could see all their muscles, is they ate grilled chicken, grilled chicken, no oil, no salt, just grilled chicken. And, and then they could eat broccoli, either raw, or if they really wanted some incredible flavor and taste, they could steam it. And uh, there, there, there was no oil, no salt, and this is what leaned them out and got their body fat way, way, way down. Well, I had guys cheat on their diet. They were, they were eating carbs like crazy and cheating, but I had one guy, he stayed lean. He stayed lean, and he, he did what he had to do. Well, when the different contests came, the guys that skipped steps, they didn't even place. They did not even walk away with third place. The guy that took all his steps... He won first place, his first contest, first place in Teenage Mr. Ohio. He took the contest. He brought the house down. I mean, he's up there, you know, doing all his posing, and the place is going crazy. And I'm standing there thinking, he took the steps. He did what, he, he paid the price. And in God, it's that simple. And sometimes we don't feel like taking them, but if we take them, I want to show you some incredible things that happen. Will you take these steps? incredible things happen. So we're, I want to just show you some other verses here. First-hand relationship with God is cool, but look at some other cool things we get. Uh, if you take these steps, it says, so grace and peace will abound in your life. Now, grace is awesome. Grace is God's ability that supersedes our ability. Grace is God putting his hand on our life, God helping us beyond our strength. And all of us, if we're Christians, God's grace is working in our lives. But we're going to find out if we take these steps, it goes up to one level, like higher, higher, higher. Then the Bible teaches us that if we take these steps, peace will grow in our hearts. And we can walk through these terrible storms and still have peace in our life. Life can throw all it's got at us, 
and we still have peace deep in our hearts. Listen to what this scripture says, 2 Peter 1, 2. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. So we, we, want it, we want it high, we want it in abundance, but how does it come? Through the epinosis, the first-hand relationship of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. How does that come? Steps, <laughs> if these things be in you and abound. Uh, you'll have a first-hand relationship. It's all about steps. Take a look at this one. Uh, you take these steps so everything you need for this life and godliness can come into your life. And godliness in this text is you and I reacting like God, acting like God. And how about all of our needs being met? Man, can you imagine uh, having our needs met? Now, notice how this happens with steps. Second uh, Peter 1.3 goes on to say, His divine power has given us everything we need Everything we need has been given to us. How? Through uh, everything we need for life and godliness, through our epinosis, our experiential relationship with him who called us by his own glory and goodness. So these steps bring everything we could ever need for this life. Everything, that this life, ever, any need that you have, and it grows us to a place to where we begin to act like God and we act like God, and it all happens with steps. So if you're here and you're discouraged, I want to tell you, man, if you're taking steps, keep taking them. For all of us, no matter where we're at, as we take these steps in the weeks to come, we're going to see some things that will change us forever. And it, it's just absolutely incredible. How about this one, guys? Uh, if you take these steps so you can share in God's nature and overcome sin. And sharing in God's nature is referring to us having all the fruit of the Spirit work in our lives. And all of us want more of that fruit. How about patience? How many of us could use some more patience? Well, we take these steps, and that will begin to work in our lives. How about sin? How many of us struggle with some areas in our life where we're just tired of struggling? If we take these steps, we'll be able to overcome in every area of life. And I love how this reads, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. It says, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, that's scriptures, so that through them, you may participate in the divine nature. I like that and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. You know, we'll never be part of the Godhead, but we can connect and have God flowing out of us, have his life flowing out of us. I just think of walking in his joy and peace. There's nothing like it. So in the weeks to come, I'll just give you an overview. Here, here's, here's what we'll deal with. Um, uh, lesson two, I titled Bare Feet, and it's going to deal with goodness and knowledge. And we're going to talk about you and I becoming bare before God. It's really incredible. When I was a kid, I used to run around in my bare feet all summer long, and I had bee stings everywhere. And uh, we'll talk about being barefoot before God. And, and I titled Lesson 3, Aching Feet. And we're going to deal with uh, self-control and perseverance. We'll have a blast in this lesson. And sometimes it seems like we've stood so long waiting for God to come through. But he always comes through. And I titled Lesson 4, Happy Feet. I might dance for you that, that day, show you some happy feet. And we're going to talk about godliness. And then Lesson 5, we're going to talk about beautiful feet, which is our relationship with Christians and with the world. And as we read this chapter, I told you it's one of the most incredible chapters in the world. We read verse 8. Uh, we'll have this incredible experiential knowledge of Jesus if we take these steps. I'm going to go down some other ones and just show you how this finishes out. Take a look at verse 9. Verse 9 talks about us not becoming spiritually blind. Uh, it says, for he who lacks these things is short-sighted even in blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. You can't forget you're cleansed from your old sins. 
unless you were cleansed. So this is referring to Christians. And in order to forget, you have to have already accepted Christ. And I think this is, a, this is something we all want to avoid. None of us want to become short-sighted to where uh, we no longer can see the things of God clear. And none of us want to become spiritually blind. This is talking about someone falling away from God that knew God. And you know, if we take these steps, we'll be able to handle everything life throws at us relationship breakups, whatever it might be, life throws it our way. And you know what? We can overcome and keep our relationship with God if we just take simple steps. How about this one? I love this one. If we take these steps, we won't stumble. That's pretty cool. Listen to this scripture. Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 10 says this, Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure or secure. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble. And I like not stumbling. That, that means we'll just go on with God and we'll progressively become stronger. We'll have some tough days. We might make some mistakes. But I remember when I was little, my dad had this riding lawnmower or, and tractor, and he would take us for rides. So when I'm five, six, seven, he's taking us for rides. And I don't know, I hit eight or nine, and I start to ask my dad if I could drive because Jim was driving. He was six years older than me. Tony was driving. He was four years older than me. I'm like, Dad, can I drive the tractor? And I felt like I had it down pat, guys, because I, I saw my dad s steering it. I understood steering it, and I saw where he went from neutral to drive. I, I, I saw that. I knew the lever, and I saw the throttle where he could go faster, and I would say, Dad, let me drive. Let me drive. He said, no, just sit on my lap. So one day he was out there cutting the grass. I'm eight or nine, and he stopped, but he left it running, and he went in the house, and I thought, this is my day. And so I jumped, I jumped on the tractor, and I knew how to put it in gear. I put it in gear, and it begins to move. And then I put that throttle all the way up, baby. And it's going so fast. Then it's pointing towards the road when I start, and it's, there's cars going up and down the road. And uh, I, I thought, I need to turn this. And I go to turn it, and, you know, power steering wasn't in that tractor. I didn't even know what it was back then. But all I knew is it was easy for Dad, but I couldn't turn it. And I'm trying to turn it, and, and, and I never caught from my dad the step of the brake. Didn't catch that. That was the foot. My foot couldn't even reach. And then I'm so, I'm so just in shock, I forget I could put the throttle down. I forget I could disengage it. And I'm just there going really fast, trying to turn it, and I can't turn it. And out of the side of my eyes, I saw my daddy was like an Olympic sprinter. And he jumps on that tractor, and he disengages it. And I'm saved, and I'm so excited. And that summer, I, I got beat for that, and then I was grounded a week. <laughs> I was grounded one week. Last year, last week, somebody told me after service, they said, from all your stories, you must have been grounded every summer. And, and I said, not exactly every, but a lot of summers, and some were weeks and a couple weeks. But here's, here's what I learned back then, guys. I learned God works in steps, not leaps. And I learned that if I learn the steps, I'm not going to stumble like I did on that tractor. Once I get those steps down, I can turn that tractor. I can work that tractor. And that's how our life is. And I want you to come to a place to where you're not stumbling in your Christianity, but you're walking strong. How about this one? This, is, this next one's pretty cool. And it goes like this. If we take these steps, we'll receive an incredible welcome into heaven. Uh, it says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 11, then God will give you a grand entrance, not I don't want just an entrance. I don't want to just walk into heaven and everybody's talking, nobody's looking at me. That's going to be kind of a downer. He says, a grand entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's talking about heaven. And a grand entrance, man, let me tell you what it's like. I was watching a documentary on 
the New York Giants when Eli Manning won his first Super Bowl. And that's when Michael Strahan was playing defensive end and a really great team. And I'm watching this documentary and near the end they show the, the, the parade they had and they're coming into Manhattan and these guys are all standing on vehicles and there's people hanging out of high-rise buildings. They're hanging out of the buildings. They're screaming and cheering the team on. Confetti's falling from everywhere. The streets are full of people, and people are screaming, and they're applauding. And these guys are standing there, and I can tell you, I'll never be in that parade ever. I'll never make a parade like that. But we can have the same thing in heaven. And I'll tell you what, I may never make it here, but I want that in heaven. You know what the Bible teaches? The Bible teaches us as, as we follow Christ, as we live for Him, as we develop this first-hand relationship with Him, every person we impact down here, they'll be waiting for us when we get up there. And when we walk into heaven, that's what a grand entrance, a grand entrance into heaven is when everybody you impacted, everybody's life that you touched as a Christian, it's when they're up there cheering when you walk in. Yeah! And they're cheering and they're screaming. And that's the entrance. I, I want it to be like that parade. The giant said, I want it to be like that in heaven. And you might be sitting here saying, Pastor Joe, I, I don't know that I can touch that many people's lives. Let, let me say this. Anybody that volunteers here, every soul that we've taken from a skeptic uh, into, into a spectator, to fan, a friend, a follower, every life that we've changed, like the lives that were accepted Christ this past weekend and every weekend. It's amazing what's happening in people's lives. But you know what else I like? I like the Christians that come up to me and say, uh, I can't believe what God's done in my life. I can't believe how I'm growing. And every person that you impact as you volunteer here in any capacity, you will get a reward. Every one of those persons will be waiting up there. I kind of like the idea of heaven. I mean, for a while, it's just one big party. I like that, man. It's just going to be fun, and we're going to be cheering and clapping and welcoming people up, and I want your entrance to be really, really cool. So you might be sitting here saying, all right, Pastor, I've been in God a long time. Is this necessary for me? Absolutely. L listen to this. Uh, it says here, uh, Peter wrote this book because he thought these things were essential for spiritual growth. And listen to what he says, 2 Peter 1.12, and it ends this way. For this reason, for this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. That's the seven steps. Though you know and are established in the present truth. So Peter taught these things to them live like I am. He taught them live. But he said, these are so important, I'm going to write them in a book. And God said, this book's so important, I'm going to make it part of the Bible. And God wanted you and I to be able to have this book in front of us. And Peter says, guys, it doesn't matter where you're at in your walk. These are essential steps, essential principles. And if you do them, you'll grow to this place where you have this incredible relationship with God. And I like to say it this way, it's not hard, it's easy. And once you just watch what we do over the next couple of weeks and what we teach, many of you are doing these steps, so it's going to encourage you to keep doing them. Others are going to say, whoa, I didn't know that. We're going to begin to do them. And then what we do do in God, we're not going to be confused. We're going to know this is all I have to do. Okay, I can keep doing this. Yeah, my feet might ache for a while, but I'm going to keep doing it until I see some results. And then we're going to realize people are that important. Yeah, you're really God. People are that important to you. And it's just going to change everything. And as we begin to add these steps, Something really cool is going to happen. It's like what my wife and I have. We're going to have this first-hand relationship with God, and it doesn't become any cooler than that. And I'm excited about our feet, and I'm excited about the steps that you and I are going to keep taking. Some of us start, some of us continue, and what God's going to do in every one of our lives. Let's pray, guys. Let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Bow your heads for a moment. And Lord,
I thank you for every person in this room. And as you're in this place of prayer, I want to say something to you. You're, you're praying. You know, Peter was on a boat with the disciples, and a storm came, and they thought they were going to die. They thought, we're going to die. And Jesus wasn't on the boat with them. So Jesus isn't on the boat. They think they're going to die. And Jesus comes walking on the water, and he says to Peter, he says, get out of the boat. And Peter's on the boat. It's rocking. Uh, he sees waves, thunder, lightning, winds. And Jesus says, walk to me. And I can just imagine that moment with the boat going back and forth and Peter having to decide to put his leg over on the other side. But when he did and he kept his eyes on Jesus, he literally walked on water. And I really want to say to you, if you make a decision today to say, God, whether I can be in every service over the next four weeks or not, I'm going to listen to the ones I can't be in. And Lord, I'm making a decision today that I'm going to find out these incredible steps. I'm going to make sure I'm doing them. And Lord, I'm going to step out on the water. And I don't care what life is saying to me. I don't care what the storms are saying. I don't care how busy I think it is. I'm going to make a decision to put you as a priority and grow in this area. For those of you, heads about eyes closed, you say, Pastor Joe, that's me. Would you tell God that? Just let him know. Say, God, I make a decision. I'm going to step out of the boat. I'm going to take these steps. My life's going to change forever. I'm making a decision to follow you at a higher level. And as you do that, and as you commune with God, heads are bowed, eyes are closed, I want to give one more invitation. And this invitation has to do with anybody here that you're not sure if you took the first step, add to your faith, Christianity, that first step. Growing up in America, many of us grow up in churches. Some of us are members. Some of us attend churches. And that's a good thing. Uh, many of us were, are water baptized in our churches, and, and that's a good thing. But you know what? As good as those things are and as necessary as they are, if you don't hook up in your heart with God and make it personal, those things don't get you to heaven. It's a personal relationship that brings you to heaven. Those things help you grow once, you're, once you make that step. But if you're here and you say, I can't remember the first time in my life when I made it personal, but I'm ready today to make it personal, I'm ready today, Jesus, to give you my heart and make a decision to follow you. You know, he said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. He says, whoever follows me, he says, I'll save them. And you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready today. If you're here and that's you, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help us pray? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Those of you that have already prayed, help the ones that are praying for the first time. And just simply say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for all my sins. And this day, I make it real with Jesus. Jesus, I believe, and I make a decision today to follow you. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Thank you for saving my soul. <laughs> Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believer's Church, visit believers.cc.